A father sends his small boy to bed and watches television. Five minutes later, the boy calls. Dad. What? I'm thirsty. Can you bring a glass of water? No. You already had your water. Now turn off the lights and go to sleep. Five minutes later, the boy calls again. Dad. What? I'm thirsty. Can I have a drink of water? I told you no. Do not ask again, or I'll come in and I'll spank you. Five minutes later, the boy calls again. Dad. What? When you come to spank me, can you bring a glass of water? <laughs> Sounds like some of my children. So I'm sure this relates to us in one way or another. There are times when we are so self-absorbed, so occupied with our concerns, needs, and worries, we fail to observe and understand the needs of others. In this case, giving our child a drink of water. In the same way, we fail to see the presence of God in our lives. So one of the greatest teachings of the Bible is that the God of Israel desired to have a personal relationship with his people. In his desire to have this relationship, God revealed himself to them. Many biblical events demonstrate God's immense love for his people and his desire to be their God. He made himself known in many ways. He appeared to them in dreams and visions, through natural events, such as fire, wind, storm, and earthquakes. He also appeared in human form, and it was often a face-to-face -face encounter between God and his people. And this culminates with Jesus Christ as the greatest manifestation of God to all of humanity. Today, we read an encounter between God and Abraham, the father of our faith. God appeared to Abraham with two other men. They spoke to each other face to face. Although it's difficult to grasp the full significance of this event, today's reading affirms that God chose the time, place, and person on his own to reveal himself. God's manifestations were designed to draw out a human response and help them enter into a deeper relationship with him. Abraham was called to leave his home and family to go to the land God had prepared for him, for him. Full of hope and expectations of a better life, Abraham and his wife Sarah set off to find the promised land. They had no idea where they were going. They just put their trust in God. Years went by, but there were no signs of land or children as God had promised in Genesis 15, descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. They may have wondered sometimes whether all their hopes and visions were lost and all the hardships, efforts, and sacrifices were in vain. One day, as Abraham was sitting at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day, he looked up and saw three men standing in front of him. Abraham ran out to meet them. 
he bowed to the ground and he greeted them. He addressed one of them saying, Sir, if I may ask you this favor, please do not go past your servant. He called him master and he referred to himself as their servant. He requested them to stay as he hurried to fetch some food and water and he told his wife, Sarah, excitedly to prepare bread, milk, and meat for them. He waited on them under the tree while they ate. Then they conversed with Abraham, and he poured his heart out to them. Then once the men had eaten, they were about to go, and one of them says, Where is your wife? Abraham smiles, and he says, She's in the, in the tent. Because in those days, men and women did not eat together, and she was busy preparing the food for them. And so one of them turns to, turns to Abraham and says, I will come back in one year. And in that time, your wife will conceive and bear a child. Then the three got up from the table, thanked him, and went on their way. One year later, it happened. When Sarah heard behind the tent that she was going to give birth to a child, she knew she was beyond the age of bearing children, and she laughed. So when the child was born, they named him Isaac, which means laughter. In the gospel today, Martha is the one who welcomes Jesus and the one who serves him. We read that Mary sits at the feet of Jesus. She has made herself a disciple of Jesus, and she has broken a rule. What woman in the times and culture of Jesus could make her a disciple of the rabbi? In the temple in Jerusalem, the women had their own area. They were not allowed to go into the area where the sacrifice was being offered. In the synagogues, they listened to the Torah from behind a curtain. While a Jewish boy would be introduced to reading the Torah at age of 13, through the cer ceremony of bar mitzvah, the girl had to be satisfied listening to the Torah being read to her. Martha, seeing Mary sitting at the feet of our Lord, couldn't bear that sight. She complained. She reminds the master and the disciple that the place of a woman is the kitchen. Jesus thinks otherwise. He not only allows Mary to be his disciple, but invites Martha also to join Mary. Matter of fact, Jesus invites all of us to sit at his feet, to become one of his disciples. The story of Jesus in the home of Martha and Mary complements the story we heard last week of the Good Samaritan, where Jesus asks us to do what the Samaritan did, which is to see and to act. Today, we're being asked to do what Martha and Mary did, one of being and of listening. So both parables are important. We are not to choose one over the other. All of us are called to be disciples in both ways. The Samaritan is an example of how a disciple should see and act. Mary is an example of how a disciple should listen. Mary, a woman, is a marginalized person in society, just like the Samaritan. Both do what is not expected of them. As a woman, Mary would be expected, like Martha, 
to prepare hospitality for a guest. Here again, Jesus broke the social conventions of his time. Just as a Samaritan would not be a model for neighborliness, a woman would not sit with the men around the feet of a teacher. The roles represented by Martha and Mary are both needed in our own lives. The readings are telling us much more than the importance of hospitality or the struggle between action and contemplation. The readings are calling us to not only be hospitable to or to serve others, but they are inviting us to break down the barriers we have created between people in our own community. Just as Jesus did, we must break those barriers that keep us apart from those who want to serve and to sit at the table and from those who are eager to listen and experience mercy, forgiveness, and dignity. We're invited to be hospitable to all those who receive this gift. We are called not only to be the ones offering hospitality, but we are reminded that we also need to know how to be guests and receive from others what they have graciously prepared no matter how simple it may be. In the same way, we are not only to reach out our hands in giving to others, but be humble enough to open our hands to receive the love and mercy of those we have offended and hurt. That's how we come to the altar of our Lord. We are ready to serve those in need, those who come hungry and thirsty, but we also come ready to be served. We come together with eyes of faith and hope, like Abraham and Sarah. And we come like Martha and Mary, receiving the Lord in our hearts and in our lives. As we do so, we are sent to be just and to live in the presence of the Lord, to be Christ to one another, especially those we have pushed to the margins or the ones who feel rejected by our society. To have an encounter with God, we don't have to travel the far ends of the earth or wait for the most opportune time. In other words, we don't have to wait for Sunday to go to church and encounter God. Like Abraham, we just need to open our eyes, our heart, our mind, and our soul at all times. In good times and in bad, and in joy as well as sorrow, during work and conversation with others, while walking or traveling, while praying, reading, or listening to the scriptures. Let us keep our mind, heart, and soul open to the Lord our God. God desires to have a personal relationship with each one of us. Last week, we celebrated 20 years of Eucharistic adoration here at St. Francis. Just like Mary, we have an opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus to listen and contemplate his will for us. Being in the presence of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ gives us spiritual strength and nourishment in a unique and powerful way. So we need to create quality time to commune with God, to sit at his feet and listen, which will nourish our spiritual life and draw us closer to him.